We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing? Ivy Nation Sports Talk is up and rolling with Vince D'Addario. I'm Sean Styers. Glad to have you with us here today. I'm a little bit, man, I've been dragging today. I, I, yeah. I made, my usual, made my usual pot of coffee in mm. the morning, and my wife drank, I think, like twice as much as she usually does. And so I think I'm uh, paying the price here later on. Uh, Didn't get enough she, caffeine this morning. She took your coffee. Tank. Yeah, exactly. I get it. I get it. Well, it's teacher appreciation week, so it's pretty great at school this week because they're, you know, all kinds of goodies and they fed us lunch today. So, like, I'm I'm feeling great. Took a little extra for tomorrow's lunch, put it in my little fridge in the office. Nice. So, it's good. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> DT asking how Jesse's ankles are. I haven't heard from Jesse. We, we texted ankles. once today. He didn't mention he's playing in a in an adult basketball Oh, I heard him say he wanted to get some shots up because he was going to get kicked out of the show at one point. And he's like, I'll just go early and get some shots up. Like, get some shots up. Like, he played sports in high school and he, you know, baseball, football, basketball was not a Jesse Steyer sport. I I just, uh, I have a hard time uh, visualizing that. Didn't play the hoops. He thinks he's a hoopster, but he, he, he said last night, you know, he's he's like the Draymond Green of the Cleveland YMCA <laughs> League, apparently. So. so he just uses all of his fouls, is what you're saying. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. He said he's averaging five, five, and five across the board. So five fouls included. Yes, <laughs> I like it. I like so, it. So he's got that going for him. Well, hit that like button. It is mailbag night. Get your questions in tonight. Um, we do... Appreciate it. Tommy says he drags every night. Well, you're out there gallivanting around the country. Seriously. Tommy. I couldn't do it. No, like Tommy no. does. There's no way. That's what my dad did. I think I yeah, that's right. Do that. Like my I dad did. did that for however long from the time he went late early 70s until about five or six years ago. Something mm-hmm. like that. Coast to coast, around the country, driving Damn. the truck and paying the bills and all that yeah. good stuff. And he finally he finally retired a few years ago. Finally so. hung it up. Yep, that's right. But that is, that's just you know there there are some there are some drives I can make. But then you know I'll sit there you know like when when I start nodding a little bit, <laughs> and I'm like, how did my dad do this? For, yes, for like 
10 to, I don't know what, because, you know, they do have restrictions on how many sure. hours a day you can drive and you're supposed to rest and all that kind of stuff. But ah, still, I just can't imagine. Well, you make that drive back and forth to Kansas all the time. And that, to me, still seems long. Like, that <laughs> seems like a long haul. We've me. gotten used to it by now. There are stretches yeah. that are that are tougher than others. But it's like, to me, it's like it's segmented enough where, like, you go west for a time and then southwest for a time and then back to the, you know, like, so it's yeah. like it breaks it up at least uh, a little bit. We, true. We've got the places that we know we're going to stop and all that kind of stuff, you know. Good point. Good point. So many times. At this point, so yeah, a couple a uh, couple little notes to mention. Ooh. Did you see Tariq Bracy got the uh, rookie minicamp invite from the Houston Texans? Good, they announced today. So good, 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 I've good. I've been thinking I, about him a little bit. Yes, I was actually kind of worried because at times last year he was the best defensive back that Notre Dame had. Yeah, and the fact that you know, okay, he didn't get drafted. Okay. But I was expecting him to be one of those guys that got the undrafted free agent contracts, you know, right away, you know, right at the end after the draft is over, you know, you know who those guys are, like, you know, uh, what groupie got one and a couple of other guys got one like right away as soon as the draft was over. I thought he would be in that mix. I am shocked that it took four days for him to sign with a team. I really am shocked. I, But here's the thing. It would not surprise me. If he ended up making a roster, me too. I think, I think he can help so. out a team on special teams. I, I think he could be a nickel. I think there's a lot of things that he can do. I, I good for him. I am happy to hear that he was able to sign with with a team. I'd be shocked if he's not at least on a practice squad someplace when yeah. when, when things start up because of what you just mentioned. I, I I agree. He's versatile enough. You know, he's maybe a little bit more undersized than they'd like, but sure. I just I just feel like I feel like he's got a good chance to at least be on a practice squad and then kind of keep proving himself and and see what right. happens. And you never know once once you're on a practice squad, you know, like you can end up being signed by other teams as well. You know, you get a little bit of film, absolutely stuff like that. So glad to see that uh, that happened for Tariq Bracy. And then Micah Shrewsbury been- stays busy. Yes, he has keeps signing these high school guys which is good he's got another incoming freshman logan imes out of zionsville indiana down by indianapolis he is a combo guard six foot four solid three-point shooter he can uh, hit like 34 percent of his threes uh his senior season but um you know he's a three-star a little bit more of a project i think but still sure. you need some capable bodies at this you point need bodies man yes it's the third high school guy in the last three days and it's the second in a row that was going to play for him at Penn State. And so yep. he gets Imes to come here after he got the forward carry booth yesterday. And then they also, I don't know if you saw this, they announced a couple staff guys. Okay. Grady Eifert, Tyler's brother, who played basketball at Purdue, yep. is going to be Micah Shrewsbury's player development and recruiting coordinator. Oh. And then Trey. That's a different spot. I know. Trey Witted, assistant to the head coach. So I don't know like, what exactly that, that means. Is that a coach or a secretary? Like, not a, sure. That's okay. exactly what I was thinking. What is curious. the assistant to the head coach? Aren't yeah. they all assistants to the head coach? I mean, you know? that's kind of what I thought, but all right. Cool. Yeah. No, that's good. It's starting to wrap things up. I, I did see that. Uh, I I don't know if it was an official announcement. I thought I saw on Twitter that his son 
you know, officially committed to Notre Dame or whatever mm-hmm. uh, as well. So uh, starting to fill out the roster, which is good because they certainly need some bodies. They they can almost scrimmage at this point, which is which is awesome. Getting closer. Yeah. So they've got they got one transfer, three incoming freshmen to go with three scholarship guys. Zona, how do you say his name? Jr.'s last name. Kenesny. Kenesny. Yeah. Kenesny. I believe that's how you say it anyway. Yeah. Kenesny, Zona, and Sanders are the three holdovers in terms of scholarship guys, and then they got to walk on as well. So, sure, they'd still like to add at least, you know, what one more transfer if they could. If not two, but right now on the roster, they still only have four guys listed mm-hmm. on the roster at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they're waiting for those guys to sign and do all of those fun. I things. mean, you literally might have to, you know, go find a D2 guy to, you know, to transfer in and just to fill out the roster, you know, to give you some bodies. Well, you know, you know they may be bringing in some walk ons and, you know, they could. there might be some opportunities you know, maybe this year for some guys that are already on campus that, you know, maybe we're good high school players and, you know, they just need some bodies and Hey, maybe you can even get a year of school paid for, you know what I mean? Like it could be a good opportunity for somebody, you know, not somebody that you're going to count on on the floor, but somebody that you can count on in practice, you know, Hey, we'll give you a one, one year scholarship. (laughs) Come on, help. And that's, you know, like the women have the advantage of they can go get guys who played basketball in high school and they can be their practice players. But it's a little bit tougher, I think, for men to find, you know, quality that they can bring in like that walking around on campus. I think they need to go to the women's practice and see what these guys have. (laughs) Yeah. Father David wants to know if Jesse has any eligibility left. (laughs) He's got all of his basketball eligibility That's right. That's right. I mean. (laughs) Never played basketball. So... (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Let's get to some questions. There have been All a few right. we got a, yeah, we got some in here. here queued up. Let's start with this one. Actually, you know what? Before we do that, I wanted to... Where's this other one? Lenny threw this up. They may have explained this in the chat. Oh. He asked what happened to Sean Davis. He's never on anymore. That is the Lucky Lefty show where Sean Davis is. The yep. Lucky Lefty show. And, of course, he does, like, post-game show and stuff like that. And he might start doing some more during the summer. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like because you and I were just talking before the show started that, you know, there might be – Shaking some things up a little bit for the yep. summer months and stuff yeah. like that. Was well, and he'll be, I think he'll definitely be on the post game show once we the season rolls around again. He'll do him and Brian were doing the um RT whatever initials. I always get it wrong. RTFC? Is that it? Some, something like that. They were the doing Saturday that show on show. Saturdays. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's like recruiting, blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I wonder if he'll be doing that. But right, I think right now he's focused on the Lucky Lefty podcast and he's, He's a pastor as well. So, I mean, he's got a day job. He's got things going down. So, uh, love it when Sean's on the show. Don't don't get me wrong. I love yeah. having Sean. And, and I love his raw emotion after a game. That might be my favorite, Sean. RTCF. Right. There you go. RTCF. I got the F and the C turned around. But I was close. We were both close. Not quite. Okay. So, from Salty. If Notre Dame gets to the playoffs with Sam Hartman, what are his odds of winning the Heisman? This is a really good question because I think we can all agree that the Heisman Trophy goes to the quarterback, most likely, of the best teams in the country. And if Notre Dame makes the playoff, I think Hartman has a really good shot of being invited to New York. Now, winning the Heisman, that's a different conversation, obviously. I think he would definitely get an invite because that means Notre Dame is probably 11 and one at worst. Right. Uh, Cause I don't see them making the playoff at 10 and two unless something, there's some craziness going on. Mm-hmm. But, but if you look at the landscape of college football, right. You know, l- let's think about who has the possibility of winning the Heisman this year. Caleb Williams, I guess could potentially, I mean, he won it last year. I feel like there's a stigmatism or a stigma, excuse me. I just went to the eye doctor yesterday with my daughter. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a stigma about the two-time winning Heisman Trophy thing. Like I don't. It's only been one. Archie I don't Griffin, see that. Ha- right. The only Ohio one. State. Yep. I just don't see that happening again. I just think they won't vote for him. Period. Because of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So he may get invited, but I don't think he's going to win. Look, Tim Tim Tebow won it as a sophomore, never won it again. Like that's yep. craziness. So I don't think he wins it. So who else is out there? Right. I think Sam Hartman. I think it's a pretty wide open field. Honestly, so his odds of winning it, not only is Notre Dame going to have to make the playoff, but he's going to have to have some pretty good numbers. Um, but I would put his odds like if you're if you're in the seat in New York, you've got a shot at winning it. So I think he's got a shot. I mean, Williams won it, won the Heisman last year. They didn't even make the playoff. That's a good point. In most like these days, I mean, well, you know, as I talked about on yesterday's show, you're you're like you're either an Alabama player 
Mm -hmm. or you're a Lincoln Riley quarterback. That's who's winning the Heismans. They've got those two coaches have seven between them since I think it's 2009. I think that's when Mark Ingram won his, you know. So you get to the playoffs in a four team field in this last year of the four. And, the, and we'll talk about the expanded field in the format, by the way, coming up in rapid fire a little bit later. But you get to the playoff in a four team field. Yeah, as mm -hmm. the, the quarterback of Notre Dame, I would think you're going to have a really good shot. So I'd give him like a 75% chance, I think, okay. is what I would put it at. You know, like if I'm I'm putting some on. So I don't, I don't know what that comes out, what to one, <laughs> you know, but we need Look. Jesse for that one. But I'd give him about a 75% chance because, like, uh, like you said, I think he's at least going to New York City yeah. if, uh, if, if Notre Dame is in the playoffs because – it's not going to be a system where he's a game manager and right, right. Like he's just you know he's just one of eleven you know as as they like used to like to say he's going to be a quarterback. I yeah. think who's putting up some pretty prolific numbers if they're in the playoff this year. Well, and look, I, I go back to this all the time. Ian Book wasn't a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, but he got votes for the Heisman Trophy when he threw sixteen touchdowns or whatever it was. Right, like a ridiculously low number of touchdowns, but they won a bunch of games and he was the Notre Dame quarterback. He got votes for the Heisman Trophy. I guarantee you, Sam Hartman will throw more than 16 touchdowns this year. He's going to get votes. It just depends on how good the team is, et cetera, et cetera. But you're right. He's not just one of 11. He's not. And Notre Dame has a chance to have a really good offense because Sam Hartman's pulling the trigger. A lot of talent around him. But there was a decent chunk of talent around Pine last year, et cetera, et cetera, going back, right? So they have an opportunity to be really good because this number 10 is pulling the trigger yes. for this offense. So, yeah, he's got a great shot. Yep. Josh wants to know, are you guys as surprised as I am that it seems the offensive recruiting is going way better than defensive? Do you think that's because Freeman knew he needed to spend more time on that side uh number one i think the offensive recruiting is going really well because they got cj carr as their quarterback i mean are we talking about the 24 class because you need a dynamic quarterback when you get a dynamic quarterback you get dynamic players on offense i mean it really is that simple yeah so they got cj carr in the mix he's their lead recruiter on offense and he's bringing in dudes um you know, they're struggling on the offensive line right now, if we're being honest. They they don't they we need some better offensive line guys to say they're gonna come to Notre Dame, but wide receiver, running back. Which is weird because that's always I know. been it's it's we're in like the bizarre easiest world. position to recruit. I know. But I mean, to me, it, it really comes down to the fact that they have CJ Carr quarterback and he is a dynamic recruiter. See, I guess I just kind of look at it like I feel like last year, you know, you, you obviously got some really good wide receivers last year. Some of that has to do with who you hired as your coaches. You don't have Dell Alexander anymore. You've got a guy who's yeah. actually out there putting in the work to recruit the position. So that helps Chancey Stuckey, Absolutely. obviously. And the other thing, you know, like they got they, – they kind of loaded up a little bit more defensively last year and that's sure. what i was starting to say before i you know kind of went well yeah but they got some really good receivers in this class as well but yeah and that's so maybe it's just kind of balancing out this year because you sure. got some of those linebackers and stuff like that 
you know, and, and now yeah. you're back on the offensive side of the ball. And and there's still some deep, big defensive fish out there uh, that Notre Dame is in the mix for. They have to close on them, obviously, but there's still some pretty big fish out there that that I think Notre Dame has a pretty good shot at. So, you know, this 24 class is a top five class right now, and you need it on both sides of the ball uh, of the ball in order to be that. Seven mules. How did the guard position shake out on the offensive line this spring? What's going to be the biggest things that you're looking for headed into fall camp? So the guard position, I think basically, in my opinion, if they were playing Saturday, if like, if there was a game coming up this, this Saturday, you got Billy Shrouth at left guard. And I think you've got Christophic at right guard. Now, yes, to me, the spring game specifically showed that Rocco is a, is a is a lot closer than I thought that he was. And and that's awesome because that means there's going to be maybe some competition going into the fall. Uh, but I think it's between those three. Um, and at the end of the day, I still think that Billy Shrouth and Andrew Kristofik are going to be the starters uh, when it's all said and done. And I think, you know, if Rocco pushes to get on the field, then, then maybe he gets into a rotation, for example. Um, and I think that would be fine. Look, the last time Notre Dame won the Joe Moore Award, there was a rotation at right tackle, right? Mm-hmm. It can be done, and you can still be an elite offensive line. So uh, I could see that being a possibility. But right now, I think he is the best backup at guard, and the other two guys are going to start. Yeah, I agree. I think Shrouth has left guard locked down, and yeah. Christophic is definitely ahead of Spindler right now. But as you said, I, I don't think Spindler is necessarily that far behind, but Christophic is definitely a lot more experienced, and maybe that plays into it a little bit as well yeah. in terms of where he is. But, yeah, I think that if there's if there's a battle, it's on the right side to see if, if Spindler yeah. can, you know, at least make it closer and and maybe push Christophic a little bit. And that and that would be intriguing as well if he could kind of yeah you know force him force himself into a little bit of a rotation over there. Because I, I, I think God's gifts, you know, if we're going that route, right? I, I think Rocco has better gifts than Christophic. Christophic's been around the block. He's the veteran. He's the guy that you know is going to be in the right spot at the right time. I think he works really well with Fisher on his right, Carell on his left. I, I just think that the, the combos that come, I, I think that he does a really good job with all of that. One-on-one, he's not very good. I mean, he gets beat in one-on-ones. How often is a guard one-on-one? That just doesn't happen that often. It's a lot of combo stuff. Uh, it's a lot of moving around. Right now, I just think Christophic is the one that they trust more than Rocco at the moment. That could change over the summer and into the fall. Uh, but if I was a betting man, I would say Christophic gets the nod to start. Yes, totally concur. I'm looking for some other questions here. Benjamin wants us to come out. Bold predictions. Just start pulling up those. Just start pulling up these uh, these Bernie ones. Um, Bernie's got some serious bold project. I'm going to pull some of them up here. He says, "Okay, uh, see Hartman, Estime, JT, and Morrison all finalists in New York for the Heisman. I don't think it's going to be an all Notre Dame. (laughs) That would be a little tough. That would be a little tough." Uh, there yeah. was another one. Uh, let's see. Hartman, about 95% favorite to win the Heisman. If he stays healthy, he's going to put up 60 on USC. That's a bold prediction. Very bold. That qualifies as a bold it's prediction. Very bold. For sure. Um, 
Honestly, this is a bit of a bold prediction from Anthony Solomon. 4,000 yards and 40-plus touchdowns put Hartman in New York. Yeah, absolutely that puts him oh, in New York. Yeah. No question about it. I think those are some pretty lofty numbers. Assuming he doesn't have like 20 interceptions or something. Right. right. Interceptions to go True. with it. But True. But that, I mean, that if, would be. If he's, got, if he's got those numbers, worst case, they're losing one game, I think. Oh, and in, yeah. in that case, you're probably in the playoff like we were talking yeah. about. And again, in that case, because you're the Notre Dame quarterback and Hartman's got a little cachet built up. He's a known commodity. People yeah. know who he is. People in the ACC know who he is already. Yep. So you've kind of, and that's like, whenever you look at, at Heisman voting, it definitely goes regionally in terms of who knows mm-hmm. you, who's familiar oh, yeah. with you and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, 4,040. Yeah. He's, he's, that's bold. he's going to, he's going to be there. Uh, I don't know that he, I don't know that he hits like, which of those two numbers do you give him the better chance to hit 4,000 or 40? 40. For me, it's 4,000. Oh, really? See, there we're different. <laughs> we're different. Yeah. Um, I, I could just see some of these guys maybe taking a long one to the, to the, you know, to the end zone, that kind of a thing. The the only issue I have with the yards is I just think that the run game is going to be, see that that's what could Sam Hartman be that guy. Yeah, he could. If he was the primary weapon, they are going to lean on the run game. Like these guys are going to get carries and touches and it's going to run the clock. And I just think that the run game is going to take away from some of those numbers. I think he's going to be incredibly efficient. I think his his efficiency numbers are going to be really good. I just don't know if he's going to be able to get that high because of the run game. I'm going to have to go back and look at like some of these other quarterbacks like uh hang on just a second i'm gonna i'm gonna try to pull i was gonna say i'd like to see you know like for example like some of these quarterbacks that hit some of those big numbers because we don't see them around here what you know like what are the rushing totals looking like for those teams like i'm going back right now and i'm looking at usc last year and usc averaged 335 passing yards per game and they averaged 171 rushing yards per game so that's still pretty healthy yeah yeah i mean in in 13 games in 13 games he would have to average 307 yards a game Mm -hmm. okay that's one bowl game and he would have to average three touchdowns. So three touchdowns and 307 yards would get him 40 and 4,000. Yeah. So like Caleb Williams threw for 4,500 yards last year. And they still had Travis Dye rushed for a little over nine, a little under 900 yards, 891. Austin Jones ran for 727. Williams himself ran for nearly 600 and 70 yards. So they still had a pretty healthy rushing attack, even throwing for 4,500 yards. And that's yeah. kind of what I think. I, I think that it like, you're still going to run the football. It's not like you're going to stop running the football, but it's just that you're going to hit bigger chunk plays downfield in the passing game. And then you're going to continue to run the football. So that's why I think 4,000 okay. is the number that I'm looking at. And it could take away from some of the touchdown passes because then, you know, like you get down inside the red zone and you pound it in with Audric Estime and, and that kind of stuff. So the that's, touch that's I the saw, direction I'm leading. 
Yeah, the touch I saw from Sam Hartman in the red zone with some of his throws in practice and in the blue gold game, et cetera, they're not always going to pound it in. I think they're going to throw it a decent chunk. I think they're going to give him some opportunities to throw some touchdowns. And that just that just sets each other up. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I think they're going to be able to pick their poison. Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Knowing you can do one yeah. sets up the other. And that's Absolutely. the beauty of having this kind of quarterback yeah. that they haven't right. had before. And and and, and somebody made a that's good point where you about get this quarterback. Absolutely. You know? And somebody made a good point about I mean it, this is a little bit of an exaggeration. Um where was it? Oh, here it is. Irish Town. Hartman could easily throw for seven or eight touchdowns in the Tennessee State game. I think ND will hang a real crooked number at halftime on Tennessee State. It's possible that they hang a crooked number. I don't see him throwing for seven or eight touchdowns because I don't think he's going to have seven or eight series in that game. Uh if I'm being honest. <laughs> But so you think he's out by halftime is what you're I, saying. I do. But but the point, I, I agree with the point that there are going to be games where he could throw four or five touchdowns and therefore doesn't, and you, know, and you can still average three throughout the rest of the season and hit the 40 mark. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like that is a definite possibility. You put up a couple crooked numbers, like, like Ian Book did that one year, right? He threw all of his touchdowns against the crappy opponents and that got his number up into the 30s. And then he didn't do anything against the good opponents. Remember that? Right. It was like, it was all oh, I do. He threw, the he garbage threw 15, opponents. He threw 15, because uh, I used to talk about it all the time. He threw yeah. 15 touchdown passes against the three group of five teams right. that they played that right. year. Right, exactly. Yes. It's where the chunk of his numbers came from. And yeah. so I could, and I'm not, I'm not comparing the two, but I am saying he could put up some crooked touchdown numbers against some lesser opponents and still hit two against a good opponent like an Ohio State or a USC or whatever, and then it averages out that he could hit the 40. Yeah. It's interesting uh, kind of thought. Experience. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. Right, so I just think – I think Notre Dame's going to have a better running game than USC had, and they still average 171 yards oh, yeah. or whatever a game. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? You know, like, yeah, exactly. I think they're going to have a much better running game than that. And, right. But – I just, I think we're going to see a lot of offense is the bottom oh, line. I think we're going to see a lot of points. I don't think one's going to, especially because of the fact that you do have Tennessee State and yes. Mac and, you know, some of right. those other yeah. schools. Notre Dame's never had, you know, uh, a situation like a Tennessee State on the schedule. So who knows what that's going to make things look like offensively where, you know, Alabama plays two or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like it, it's going to be a little bit of a stat stuffer. And I'm curious yeah. to see how Marcus Freeman handles that. Yep. With it being an HBCU and, you know, the big deal of Eddie George coming, like all of that, like, do you really put 70 on them? Like, is that how you really want to go about it? I, I don't think so, you know, but you could run it between the tackles and still score and that's not really your fault. So, you know, again, it's going to be fun to watch. I think you're going to see, it's going to look like a like a, a pinball machine with all the lights and the blinks and the <laughs> bing, bing, bing. It's gonna be great. It better. It better. <laughs> <laughs> Salty wants to know what are the positives and negatives of losing Diggs, Buckner, and Collie to the portal. He said Brian and Ryan had their opinions earlier. Well, I'm sure they did. <laughs> well, I know we're gonna talk, but you and I are gonna talk about Diggs um, later on, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna save my comments on Diggs for rapid fire. Okay. Okay. The, obviously the positive that's, that's a good point we are because yeah. that's we've got a logan Diggs question to lead off rapid fire 
Right. So I, I do. Well, I, I want to hold off on that. Now, Buckner, there's no positives about Buckner leaving from a Notre Dame standpoint. There's just not. There's no positive. I'm sorry. There's no positive. Uh, the, I mean, the negative is obviously that you don't have a, a proven number two. You don't have a kid that was projected to be the starter for next year. Because I think at this point, you have to go to the portal next year to get a quarterback. I, I just do. Um, I th- It's all negatives. Prince Kali is a little bit different. Because Prince Kali was not he was not slated to start. Like he was not going to be a big factor from a defensive standpoint. Now he probably would have still been a big factor from a a special team standpoint. Obviously he blocked a punt and he took one in for a touchdown. He was, he was a special teamer, right? But he was falling down the depth chart and getting passed up by some guys. Um, And so I don't think it's a huge negative for Notre Dame that he left. I think it's a purely positive thing that he left for Prince. I think he's got an opportunity to go to a different school and start and get more playing time. Again, that's what happens when you, I mean, he got over-recruited, right? And, and he needs to go someplace else. I have no problem with him leaving. I really don't. I think it's a good move for him. Yeah. And I mean, is there a positive for Notre Dame that he left? I mean, just the fact that you've, if you're going to spin it, I guess a little bit, the fact that you've got so many young, talented guys that they were, that, that, you know, that's part of why he was having a hard time getting higher on the depth chart, because it wasn't necessarily even the veterans in front of him, you know, they played a part of it, but it was also the, the guys who he was theoretically ahead of last year who had already caught up to him. So to me, it, you know, it says that you've got a lot of young talent at that position, yeah. something that we knew already. And yep. that played a, a big, a, you know, as big a part of it as anything. And then, like you said, the fact that now he gets to go and have a chance to play somewhere is a big yeah. thing as well. Absolutely. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't, we haven't heard an announcement yeah. in terms of where We all is. kind of heard he's going to go to Vanderbilt, you know, reunite with his, the guy who recruited him, you know, which makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I And I don't see the positive for Tyler Buckner transferring to Alabama. I don't see that as a positive either because he just went from a two-horse race to a three-horse race. Um, and that, I, I, just, I don't see it. I mean, it was more obvious who was going to come out ahead in the horse race here, but sure, it is. There's, a, there's an extra guy, but you've got a five-star and a four-star down there, and it's actually the four-star guy who I, I think is thought to be the front-runner for the job, and, and there's there's no guarantees that Tyler Buckner is going right. to go down there and win the job. No, and not at all. You know, like what happens for Tyler Buckner if he goes down there and he doesn't win the job? Right. Like that's the what's thing. What's that going to look like? See, that's the thing for him. He's taking a huge risk going to Alabama because if he stays at Notre Dame, yeah, he's going to sit this year. Maybe they bring him in for a package here and there, but he's going to sit this year. You're almost guaranteed to be the starter going into 24. Almost guaranteed. And he's leaving that on the table because if he loses the job at Alabama, he's not starting in 24 because yeah. both of those guys are young guys down there. Yeah. He's going to have to transfer again. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just don't see the positives for him outside of the fact that he's reuniting with Reese and you know, all of that, which is great, but I, I just, I don't see it. I just don't see it. There was a theory floated out 
a week or so ago, I can't remember who I saw kind of bouncing this around that like, what if Buckner transfers for a year and then came back to Notre Dame next year? Like it, yeah. if he doesn't win the job now, sure. I'm not saying it would happen, but if he doesn't win the job, I think he's got to at least be looking at the portal, whether it's back to Notre Dame or not. Oh my gosh. Yes. And if I'm Notre Dame, I'm sorry, I'm bringing him back. I would bring him back. And I know that's going to piss off a lot of people and that's okay. I would bring him back because he will never be a culture killer. That's not who, that's not who he is. Yeah. You, you can bring him back and the locker room is going to be just fine. Um, and I think he would be welcomed back by a lot of these guys as well, to be honest with you. So I would bring him back in a heartbeat, in an absolute heartbeat. It would be very interesting. If it would be. Happen. I don't see that ever happening. I'll be real honest with you. I do, I do not see that being the case. But I would, I would welcome him with open arms if he wanted to come back. I would. Shytown wants to know if we have any Homer takes <laughs> on Notre Dame athletics. I mean, it probably would be a Homer take. I know we've got a question in there about the baseball team. It would probably be a Homer take to say that they're yep. going to get into the, you know, postseason. Uh, I mean, I'm not not the ACC tournament, obviously, but the, the NCAA tournament. I think that would probably be a Homer take at this point. I think they've shown some flashes. I think they're starting to get their sea legs a little bit. Uh, taking two out of three from Florida State was freaking awesome, uh, especially with their old coach coming back. I think that was really really cool. Uh, but you know they're they're on the bubble right now on the outside looking in probably, and so I think that would be a homer take. I'm trying to think of anything else athletics wise. I think they're you know. in good shape if they take care of business. If they take care of the business that you know, like they'll be challenged by North Carolina State this weekend, and then they finish ACC play against Boston College after finals out at Boston. And by the way, did you know they're playing a game at Fenway Park? Uh, I did, and they're playing at Wrigley and Fenway, and Fenway. in a week. Like yes. in a, like a less than a week span. Think about that. That was, That's awesome. I know. That is freaking awesome. Big I love it. I love Big it. And I, th- this, these are days where I wish that I could just drop everything and follow the team and, and like go like that would be <laughs> exactly that would be awesome. Uh, baseball question here, though, from Tommy Guns. Why does college baseball begin and end so early? Because school ends. I mean, that's yeah. that's really why it has to be within the school year. Yeah. At least. I mean, the College World Series goes until the end of June. Right. So like if you and, you know, here's. There's there's a great divide in college baseball between the northern teams and the southern teams. And yes, the fact is. is the southern teams don't care about what the northern teams have to go through to try to no. get ready for a baseball season. No. Because all the, you know, the SEC obviously and the ACC and the Pac-12 and and the Big 12 to a large extent as well, they're all pretty much warm weather, you know, schools. Yep. And they don't care about what these teams up north have to go through and you know the other part of it is tv as well like if you were to push the season back another month so you started in the middle of march instead of february then you're going into july but espn as the television partner likes the college world series where it is at in june because then you know you've got your nba finals and your rapid you know all these different things that are going on there's a lot of you know, soccer world cup and, you know, FIFA's and, you know, all those different things that start going on 
in July. And so they like yeah. the College World Series where it is ending, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of June rather than bleeding all the way through July. Yeah, I mean, in high school baseball is almost the exact same. They start at the middle of March and they go until the middle of June, and because yeah. it has to has to be connected to the school year somehow. You know, you can't really be playing in the summertime. Uh, you know, these guys do have to get home and do their thing and and whatever. But um, yeah, so I mean, I I really like the College World Series where it is and the playoffs being in June because June. You kind of hit like with as far as like Major League Baseball, you know, you kind of hit the the June July like, you know, doldrum kind of. You know, it's nice to have something on the line, uh, and I love watching the College World Series. Absolutely love it. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. So Benjamin and Anthony both had Notre Dame baseball questions, like like you were referencing. Um, he said, "What happened to Florida State this year? They just do not have a very good roster." at all. And uh, I will say that I'm surprised that it's, you know, taken Link Jarrett a little bit longer to turn that around. They're sub 500 that it's taken them, you know, him longer yeah. to turn that around than it took him to turn Notre, Notre Dame around up here. But on the subject of Notre Dame baseball, I've got, we're going to have a guest tomorrow. Brooke, Brooks Coatsy outfielder for the Notre Dame baseball team is going to be on the show tomorrow. Okay. Night. So get to, uh, Hear a little bit, some of his thoughts about last year's College World Series and Super Regionals the last couple yep. of years. And he'll, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, winning that Florida State Series. And I actually interviewed him today because of his schedule because they're, they're, they're playing on a Thursday tomorrow because of finals and all that stuff next week. So um, they're playing tomorrow. So we recorded it. Today we'll talk a little bit about Link Jarrett and the differences between Jarrett and Stifler mm. and all that kind of good stuff so that should be fun i was I, good I've actually uh there was um i watched a couple of the games uh, it was about a week and a half ago watched two games a double header and i didn't have anything going on on a sunday and it was awesome i just sat and watched notre dame baseball all day it was it was really fun to watch like, this team plays hard I, I i do enjoy watching this team play i really do yep, for so sure. is, is it a homer take to say that the women are going to make the women's basketball team are going to make it to the final four next year. Yeah. I mean, I that's pretty that's, good about that. That's like my, that's like my other one, I guess I, I'm still, I'm still riding or dying, I guess on that one that, that the women are going to be in the final four yeah. next year. Absolutely. I can't go too far with the Notre Dame men just yet. There's not enough of a uh, roster. Don't know enough about them to what, even to say like, it would be a Homer take to say that they're going to be over 500. Like that would be a huge Homer take right now. And yeah. we just don't we just don't know enough about them to even go down that road. Speaking of which, Michael wants to know any Notre Dame men's and women's basketball recruiting in Portal. Well, I think Michael is probably getting in a little bit late, but uh, we started off the show talking about the fact that the Notre Dame men got another commitment today from Logan Imes, combo guard out of Zionsville, Indiana. He's six foot four, so. Third commit in as many days for Micah Shrewsbury. They got a power forward yesterday. And, of course, they got Shrewsbury's son, who's another guard, earlier this week. So they've got those three. And Imes and, and uh, Kerry Booth is the forward. They were both committed to Shrewsbury at Penn State. And they had signed yep. at Penn State. They decommitted there. They you know, were released from their NLIs. And they've now signed with Notre Dame. So you combine those three along with Marcus Burton, the, uh, the local Penn Indiana, Mr. Basketball yep. guard. 
Women, it's been pretty quiet. I'm still thinking, I'm still still looking at them eyeing a forward themselves, but uh, it's been pretty quiet so far. Still waiting to hear something along those lines. But shaping up pretty good for the men. I just think that it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit, it's going to be a longer road. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.